Hey guys, welcome back to the Very Really Good Podcast. This is episode 157. I believe, uh, yes, I do believe. I do, I do declare, I do, de- I do declare that is episode 157. I do declares. That's uh, what that's what people say when if people who work at Claire's, that's what they say when they when someone asks what they do for work. I do declares. I do declares. Players or just or is it just Claire? It's Claire's, yeah. You know the place you get your friggin' your your friggin' penis pierced. You get a Prince Albert at Claire's. Can you do that? Do they do that? Asking for a friend. <laughs> do they do Prince Alberts at Claire's? <laughs> uh, yeah, they do piercings there. I don't know. Maybe they do like, because <laughs> most piercing places are like they also do tattoos, right? So if you get a tattoo at Claire's, with like all the ink they have is like spark glittery and pink, and you can only get like JoJo Siwa tats. I'd be kind of fire. I'd go. I'd get a JoJo Siwa tat at at Claire's. I'd I'd give it a go, right? Get your freaking wiener pierced. Get a JoJo Siwa tat. You know, then and then and then and then go to Taco Bell because you're in a mall. Then go to Taco Bell for dessert. <laughs> Prince Albert. You you get a Prince Albert at Claire's and you go to Burger King, okay? Because now you're the king. You may have a Prince Albert, but you're a king. All right. And then you go to Dairy Queen after for dessert. And the, your insides are going to be like, what are you doing to me? You had Burger King for for lunch after getting your after getting your wiener pierced and, and you put glittery ink in under your into your dermis. And now you're now you're what? Now you're getting now you're going to wash it down with Dairy Queen just because you want just because you wanted to have a royal day with all the, the princes and the queens and kings. All right. Uh, all right. <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is, do they do adult circumcisions circumcisions at Claire's? They should start doing that. <laughs> um, how we? All right. I hope you guys are doing all right. This is uh the podcast. If this is the first time you're listening to it, sorry. Uh, bit of a weird bit to start the podcast with. What the fuck? Um. But here we are, man. This is what we do. This is the podcast. We shoot the shit. We, uh, you know, we talk about some goofy stuff. It's a little more. This is the first time you're watching. This is a little more laid back. You know, my my main channel videos are highly edited, very scripted. But you know, this is sort of a more, you know, lax time. You know, if the main channel is a wave pool this is sort of the lazy river if you will you know what i mean we're on the lazy river and there's a and there's a and there's a dad who's just sort of in your way the whole time and his foot is almost in your mouth and you can't really move because you're in a lazy river and you go where the river takes you you know what i mean so sometimes when you listen to this podcast halfway through you're like oh there's a guy's fucking foot in my mouth that's weird. I don't remember that happening. Who are you? And he's going to be like, oh, sorry. I'm just listening to the podcast as well. This is a great bit. Said no one. Said no one while listening to this podcast. No one's ever been like, that's really funny. No one's ever been like, that's a good bit. 
that's from a professional comedian. Um, it's all good. But it's all good, mate. It's all good, brother. Um, I uploaded... What happened this week? I uploaded a video. Um, so give it up for me. Yes, thank you. I know, I know, I know. It's pretty crazy. I uh, uploaded a video um, last Friday about... Um, the internet's most absurd lies is the title. Okay, uh, I've been. I did this series on my channel um, where I talked about people lying on the internet for clout, essentially. Um, and they're always really fun. And like the first lies video was like the first video of mine to get over a million views. So it was like you know big milestone for me. And those videos are always good. I made three of them. Cause it's just so, they're just so fun. Um, and I didn't want to make, I just like trilogies of things. I think I've said this before on the podcast. I like when there's three, it's cool. Right. Um, but like, then I think about it for more than a second. And I'm like, Oh, I'm a YouTuber. So I can, it doesn't matter if there's a trilogy. Cause what the fuck my George Lucas? No, <laughs> even he didn't do a trilogy. He, he did, but it's now there's 10 of them. Right. He did the original one, right? The, you know, four, five, and six. But he was like, you know what? I'm going to do, I'm going to, I'm going to start doing, you know, episode one, two, and three. So that's what this one, the, my new video is basically the Phantom Menace of my, of that series. Um, there's a, yeah, there's a pretty racist alien in it. Um, <laughs> Jar Jar Binks is what I'm talking about. It's pretty crazy how, like, you can look this up, but <laughs> just how, like, offensive some of the characters were in Star Wars, especially Phantom Menace, right? Um, But this isn't about Star Wars, okay? What if, jo dude, if George Lucas was actually, like, a YouTuber on the side, he had his, like, Star he had he put out, like, blockbusters, Star Wars movies and then like the next like after like if after fucking attack of the clones came out he was like on his channel he was like what's up guys today we're gonna be uh today we're gonna be, today we're gonna be uh do, we're doing smasher pass <laughs> we're gonna be doing smasher pass the brady bunch edition <laughs> and you're like you're a director what are you doing on here <laughs> that's awesome I wish he should be. George Lucas should be a, a YouTuber. He's my favorite YouTuber. Yeah. Quentin Tarantino, favorite YouTuber, man. Um, <laughs> Celebs, you know? Because uh, he got, you know, they got, their their movie clips are on YouTube, right? So they're, in, in you know, inadvertently YouTubers. You know what I mean? So there you go. That's it. All directors are YouTubers. We're, we're figuring it out slowly on the podcast. We're going to get there. Um, speaking of celebs. Dude, how was that for a fucking segue, dude? Wrong button. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> How's that for a fucking segue, dude? Nice wet little shit. All right. Um, speaking of celebs, uh, there was a, 
You guys see this stuff about fucking Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis? Um, apparently they're on Kristen Bell's podcast or Dax Shepard's podcast. And they, they're saying that they only bathe their kids when they stink. Uh, first off, kids always fucking stink. You know? What do you... Yeah, okay. Only bathed kids when they stink. They're kids. They pick their ass, and they pick their nose, and they eat it. And they go, um, can I have... Can I have four? Can I have four sugar cubes, please? <laughs> That's a kid. That is my impression of a kid. Can I have four sugar cubes, please? <coughs> you know? You know how kids just cough? You know how kids just fucking cough? <coughs> they don't cover their mouth at all. It's you're getting some on you, all right? You only bathe your kid when they stink? Uh-oh, that kid's always in the bath then. That kid has never seen the sun. Your son has never seen the sun because they stink all the time because it's a fucking kid. <laughs> what are you talking about? Um. Okay, yeah, so... Back to what they said, Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher said, you know, they don't bathe them. Oh, wait, no, 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 sorry, sorry. Fucking Dax and, and of course a guy named Dax doesn't wash his kids, no shit. Um, Dax and Kristen, they said, you don't, they don't wash their kids until they see dirt on them. What? Like, I know, I know it's not good to, like, bathe every single day, right? It's like, and, like, shampooing is bad every day. It's, like, bad for your natural, you know, you got to get all natural oils going. I get it. But, like, you can shower them every other day. I think that's fine, you know? Because that's just going to be, like, they're going to carry that into adulthood, probably, and be like, oh, well, I'm not, I don't really stink that bad. Because you don't know when you stink. That's the thing. Sometimes I'll go like, I'll catch a whiff in my armpit and I'll go, whoa. And I go, holy shit. You know? I'll go, oh my God, that smells like a a Denny's dumpster in there. That smells like a, a Denny's dumpster. Um, And then I'll put some deodorant on and I'll be like, okay, all good. Or I'll have a shower. You know what I mean? But if it's like, Sometimes you're going about your day. You don't know. You don't know if you stink. So it's better to just, you know, do a little, a quick little shower just to cover the bases, right? So obviously this like sparked a bunch of stuff in like in the celebrity world. Um, and like everyone was chiming in. Um, what did The Rock? The Rock said something. Yeah. The Rock responds to, Okay. The Rock proclaims he's the opposite of a not washing themselves celeb. Yeah, let's get to the other side of the spectrum. Um, okay, I'm the opposite of a not washing themselves celeb. He said, 
before breaking down his routine. <laughs> All right, this is what he does every day. Shower, cold, when I roll out of bed to get my day rolling. Shower, warm, after my workout before work. Shower, hot, after I get home from work. Face wash, body wash, exfoliate, and I sing, off key, in the shower. <laughs> He's just like us. Uh -huh, I'm like the rock, because I can't sing well in the shower either. <laughs> That rocks for me. I'm the rock now. I'm the rock because I do that. Okay. So, and then some other guy, some, okay, actor, comedian, John Mark, John Marco Sorezzi retweeted Johnson's post and said, this is weirder than not showering. <laughs> and then rock, then the rock replied, Nothing weird about this, my friend. I work out twice a day, and then I go to work for 12-plus hours. I shower three times. Easy to understand. You work for 12-plus hours in a day? And you work out twice? Wh Why? <laughs> I, know, I know he's the rock. And he has to, like, maintain all of his humongous boobs and arms. But still, man, you can have a day to relax. I shower three times an hour, okay? I'm the fucking rock. You ever, would you prefer a dry rock or a wet rock? Always a wet rock, okay? Push, because a... I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> you know? Everyone, every, you think of a rock. You think of a, you, this is him in an interview. You think of a rock, you know? What's better? Oh, you, would you prefer a dry or dry rock or a wet rock? You're like, I don't, it's a rock. It doesn't really matter. He's like, wet, exactly. <laughs> uh, you think you prefer a wet rock? All right. Dwayne the Wet Rock Johnson. He's so, Fucking soaked all day, taking three showers. And then fucking Terry Crews was like, what, yeah, what did he say? And he said, of course, when you search Terry Crews shower, the freeze, the freeze frame of him in an Old Spice commercial pops up. Of course it does. Um. Okay, yeah. Crew, okay. Terry Crew said he took three showers because he's he's sweating a lot. He was saying like basically what he said, what Terry Crew said. It was like if I'm not sweating, then I'm not showering. Like it's only if you're sweaty, you know. You don't need to. You don't need to if you're not sweating. But like, yeah. I my like the takeaway here I think is like not showering. You know, it's sort of like a like a celeb. I think it's like a celeb privilege, to be honest, right? You, I feel like you can sort of get away with that. You live in huge houses that have like crazy air conditioning, I'm sure. You don't have to worry about like sweating around your house and shit, right? You have people like doing your yard work for you, people doing all your shit for you, you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, I, I'm fine. I haven't done anything. I've sort of just been like sitting... I've sort of just been sitting 
on a pile of cash. So yeah, you don't really need need a shower if you if you sit on a pile of cash. Um, but yeah, I decided funny. I wanted to talk about it because celebs are fucking something else. But we're gonna change the subject, guys. We got a a big one. I feel like this would probably take up like the rest of the episode, but um, we're going to do something that I've been, um, I've been wanting to do for like a main channel video, but I just don't, I don't know. I, for some reason I don't want to. So I feel like it'd be better to re- reformat it and we can do it on the podcast. I'm going to read um, I'm going to read a fan fiction. Okay. Um, that someone wrote about me and Danny. It's sort of like a love triangle between us and Obama. Cause those are the fan fictions I like. Okay. The ones that are like funny, not the ones that are like just horny. Cause I, that makes me uncomfortable. Um, so we're, we're going to read this together. All right. So, you know, kick back. Um, and, um, let's get to reading it. I'm excited. This is a f- couple pages. So this is going to be a while. So I hope you guys are I hope this is entertaining. I don't know. This episode of Very Really Good is sponsored by Sleeper. Fantasy sports always seemed pretty fascinating to me. I could see myself, you know, enjoying it, having a good time. But I've just never got into it because the whole process of like starting it seems so intimidating and confusing. Luckily, Sleeper is here to solve that problem. If you never heard of Sleeper before, <laughs> wake up. Sleeper is the best app to host your fantasy football, basketball, and esports leagues. Sleeper delivers an innovative, seamless, and clean mobile experience. And oh yeah, did I mention that it's completely free? Unlike older, boring fantasy platforms, Sleeper has personality, okay? Sleeper got spunk and has interactive features like text and voice chat built right into the app. So you don't have to head over to the group chat to talk shit to your friends and brag about how much better your team is doing. You can do it all within the app. (laughs) And it comes with no ads. Wouldn't that be nice? Don't you guys hate ads? Except for this one. This one's good. And I know some of you may not be into basketball or football, but I know a lot of people who watch my stuff are epic gamers. And that's why I think it's so cool that Sleeper includes esports into their platform. And hey, that's probably why millions of people have already made the switch to Sleeper. There's just no better option out there, folks. They got a super easy to use design, a brand new matchmaking feature to help people interested in playing, to find a league that fits their needs. And oh yeah, everything is entirely free. So what are you waiting for? Okay, even if you've never given fantasy sports a try, now's the perfect time. So click the link in my description and download Sleeper on the App Store or Google Play and find out why millions of people have made the switch to Sleeper for their fantasy sports fix. And it also helps me out a bunch when you guys check out the sponsors. So everybody wins here, man. All right, thank you so much to Sleeper for sponsoring this episode. Um, hope you guys check them out. Uh, back to the pod. Okay, I'll try not to. Okay, yeah. Let's let's just get into it. Okay, so chapter one. Um, Obama's appearance. Curtis wakes up feeling refreshed. He grabs a drink of watered down iced tea. Yummy! He yells, finishing the drink with a large gulp. Time to film a video. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that is every morning. Curtis pulls on a Curtis Town shirt. He sits down in front of the camera, then clicks record. Welcome to my channel. If you're new here, what's up? How's it going? And if you're coming up, if you're coming back, what's up? How's it going? It's really good to see you again. Hope you're doing well. See what happens when you subscribe. You get an extra greeting. Well, that, that don't say that anymore. Uh, so it doesn't really... F- f- you got to edit this. You got to edit it. Uh, Curtis proceeds to do his iconic clap. Folks, today, Curtis gets interrupted by his phone ringing. 
Well, who could this be? He picks it up and sees that it's an unknown number. Curtis answers the phone, which also is not true. If I see an unknown number, I don't answer it, okay? So get the fucking facts straight. <laughs> I guess this is a fiction, so. Um, hello? Curtis, I've called to say I enjoy your videos very much. You're my favorite YouTuber. Who is this? I think you know me, Curtis. I really think you do. You sound familiar. You sound like Obama? Uh, okay, I'll do an Obama voice. Oh, I, I see that you recognize me. Or rather, my iconic voice. Is this someone pranking me? I mean, Obama, the former president. Wow. Uh, this isn't a prank, Curtis. Turn around. Curtis obeys. He swivels his head around and sees Obama. Curtis stands there in pure shock. A million questions race through his mind. Yeah. How'd you get in here? Why are you here? How do you know me? Obama takes a step forward and grabs Curtis's shoulder. Uh, watch your videos, Curtis. You're a very brilliant person. And how I got in here, that's a secret I'll never tell. XOXO, Obama. I came here to offer you a job, working as my media coordinator. What? Working for Obama? That's a dream come true. I can totally work for you. When can I start? Tomorrow. Come over to my place so we can chat about your new career. Obama hands Curtis a business card, and on the back it has his address. See you tomorrow. So it just has the White House? <laughs> right? That's where he lives. I don't think I need the address. Uh, <laughs> See you tomorrow. Obama waves and smoke comes out of nowhere. Obama disappears. Curtis stands with his mouth wide open, shocked and confused. Guess I'm going to Obama's tomorrow. Yeah, it is really funny to think that like, of like the president being like, he's like maybe like ordering something and they're like, yeah, can you just get, get your address? And they know he's the president too. He's like, yeah, can we just get your mailing address so we can send it to you? And he's like, the, f the fucking White House. Where do you think? You know where I live. I just think that's a little silly or whatever. Um, all right, chapter two, a hint of jealousy. Curtis can't wait to tell his friends. The first person he calls is Danny Gonzalez. Come on, come on, pick up Danny. The phone keeps ringing. Right as Curtis is about to hang up, Danny answers. Yes, Curtis? That's what he sounds like. Guess who just stopped by my house? Uh, I don't know, I'm kind of busy right now. Obama, dude, Obama. That's a lie. I'm not kidding, bro. I met, what's his first name? Um, I think it's Obama. Then what's his last name? Obama, I think. Look, I don't know, Gernon. I have proof. I got it all in video. I'll send you it. All right, fine. Curtis sends the unedited video to Danny. That has to be Photoshop. No, sir. He came here. If you want, you can come to his house with me. Really, Curtis? Wow. Thanks. What time are you going? I'm leaving my house at 1 p.m. I'll pick you up along the way. Thanks. Bye, Curtis. That's what he sounds like in real life. I know he like puts on a fake voice for his videos. It's fucking annoying. Um, have you ever met Danny in real life? That's what he's like. Um, and Danny hangs up. Curtis begins to plan his outfit for tomorrow in his head. He goes to his closet to pick out a dress shirt and nice pants. Curtis is bubbling with excitement. But Danny sounded unfazed. No hint of happiness for Curtis in his voice. Curtis wondered why. Yeah, why wouldn't you be happy for me, man? The plot thickens. Um, chapter 3, Obama Crib. 
what they called the White House when he was when he was president. Um, Curtis sits in his car outside Danny's house. He turns down the music as Danny walks out the door. So in this world, I get the call from Toronto. I drive to like Chicago, and then from there, I'm because that's on the way, I guess. And then we're gonna drive to Washington D.C. <laughs> okay. Um, he turns down the music as Danny walks out the door. He's wearing a fancy black suit with a bright yellow tie. Upon closer inspection, the tie has small kermits. Curtis waves, and Danny opens the car door. Hey, man, what's with the tie? Curtis asks, looking closer at it. My grandma got me this tie. Don't you dare make fun of it. I think a kermit tie is very fashionable, and I think Obama will enjoy it. Danny sits down and buckles his seatbelt. He puts a lemon LaCroix in the cup holder. I wasn't making fun of that. I think it's pretty cool. Obama will definitely like it. By the way, are you excited to see him? This is an opportunity of a lifetime. Danny gives a small smile. Yeah, it's definitely exciting. Just checking. You seem a little unenthusiastic to see the former president. He's a legend. I'm excited. Just a little nervous, I guess. Curtis pulls out of the driveway and heads down the road. He takes a left. Danny sips on his LaCroix. Do you actually like that stuff? It's like watered-down juice. Okay, true. I fucking, I hate LaCroix. I don't like it. So that's probably something I would say, you know? I'd probably say something like, get that out of my face, get that out of my car, you know? Um, get that out of my car's face even, you know? I drive Lightning McQueen. Um, I'm inside Lightning McQueen at all times, and it's a dream come true. Um, Danny looks at Curtis like he's crazy. This, oh wait, this stuff is luxury soda. He takes another sip. It's the essence of fruit, and I'm taking a break from soda anyways. Being healthy, you know? Curtis laughs. Yeah, yeah, I know. I should probably be more healthy too. I drink so many energy drinks, it's a little scary. Uh, Curtis continues to drive. I didn't know Obama lived by you. Yeah, it's really crazy. Maybe he just moved here, or this might be a vacation house. Curtis drives up a long, curvy path. The path is shaded with surrounding trees, blocking the view on both sides. After about five minutes, they arrive at an iron gate. Curtis notices a buzzer. He clicks a random button on it. Hello? Oh, hello. You're at the Obama residence. May I have your name? A lady's voice echoes out of a speaker. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't see you as a lady's voice. She has the deepest fucking voice. Yes, this is Curtis Connor with Danny Gonzalez. A couple seconds go by. Then the lady speaks again. All right, you may enter. Uh, the gate opens. Curtis drives through and soon they see a huge mansion. The mansion is cream white with a Spanish style roof. It has a BMW parked in the front brick driveway. The lawn is perfect. A fresh green color with no weeds. And that ain't perfect, bro. You can't say you can't have perfect and no weed in the same sentence, bro. It's fucking impossible. All right, man. And that's on. Like the video, like the podcast if you're a fucking pothead, bro. Like this, like the video if you're if you're rolling up a doobie right now, dude. <laughs> um, flowering bushes surround the front lawn, which has four white lawn chairs sitting by an oak tree. Curtis parks his car in the driveway and gets out. Him and Danny walk up to the door and knock. Obama opens the door, dressed in beige dress pants and a fancy plaid shirt. Hello, I'm glad you could make it. I know you're Curtis, and you must be Danny. Curtis smiles, and Danny shakes hands with Obama. Come inside. Michelle's working, but she made a delicious cucumber salad. Ooh. Yo, Michelle Obama could probably make a, a great cucumber salad. Um, Curtis and Danny step inside. 
They are in the foyer where, uh, where a grand staircase leads to more rooms. And a chandelier... Ch- oh, yeah, chandelier. I was going to say Chandler. And, a, and Chandler Bing. And a chandelier hangs from the ceiling, lighting the room in a soft glow. And then fucking Ross Geller's in the next room. <laughs> um, This is a lovely house, Mr. Obama. Oh, wait. This is a lovely house, Mr. Obama. Danny says, looking at the room in awe. Thank you, Danny. Michelle picked out some of the furniture and lighting fixtures. It's truly a wonderful home. Now come with me to the living room. Obama smiles and walks to a doorframe on the right. Curtis and Danny follow behind, taking in the house. They enter the living room. It has a large, it has a large light gray couch with various throw pillows, all perfectly placed. A glass table sits in front of the couch. Two cozy armchairs sit by the grand white brick fireplace. The top of the fireplace is adorned with pictures of Obama and his family. They're really painting a picture. I like it. They're a good writer. Um, you can sit on the couch if you'd like. I'll pull up an armchair for myself. Obama pulls the armchair closer to the glass table, across from Danny and Curtis. The cucumber salad sits in a wooden bowl on the table. Two plates, forks, and napkins rest by the salad. Curtis puts some salad on his plate. Danny grabs his fork, examining it. Real silver spoons. Do you like the design? Obama asks. Oh, yes, it's very intricate. Danny points out. He grabs some salad on his fork. So I've called you here to tell you about your job as my media coordinator, Curtis. You get to pick photos for my social media, add captions, create ads, and come up with photo and video ideas. How does that sound? That sounds great, Curtis says. Your income will be 70k a year, Obama adds. He could probably pay more than that. He's Obama, right? But, you know, starting position, that's a great. That's great for a starting position, I'll say that. Um, wow. Thanks for this job. This is the best opportunity ever, Curtis exclaims. Danny quietly eats his salad, not saying anything. He slightly frowns. Obama notices. Something wrong? Obama asks, looking at Danny. Danny looks up. Oh, sorry, I'm fine. All right, so Curtis, when can you start? As soon as you'd like, sir, Curtis nearly shouts. Obama laughs. You're very eager. That's good. I know you'll be passionate about the job. Curtis and Obama continue to chat. I just said Obama. Okay, Obama. Curtis and Obama continue to chat. Danny doesn't take part of the conversation. Instead, he gets up and exits the room, soon finding himself lost in the house. Danny finds himself in a large office. The office has a wooden desk and chair with filing cabinets. The windows give natural lighting to the room. Danny walks towards the desk. He notices a file saying, Top Secret in big red letters. Danny opens it. (gasps) Oh, shit. Holy fuck. Inside the top secret file, Danny finds a list of names in bold red ink crossed out. He finds Curtis's name at the end of the long list, the only name without a line through it. The next pages in the file have information on the people on the list, their age, address, gender, past jobs, and more personal information like social security numbers. Danny takes out the very last page in the file. It has all of Curtis's information. What is Obama doing with all this information? Danny asks himself. He attempts to put everything back the way it was when he found it. Danny places the file back on the desk and creeps back to the door. But as he reaches for the doorknob, the door swings open to reveal Obama standing behind it. Danny jumps back in surprise. What are you doing in my office, Mr. Gonzalez? Obama asks, his arms crossed. Danny hesitates to answer. I I got lost in your house. Obama gives a look of skepticism. I know what you did, Danny. I know what you've seen. You leave me no choice but to explain. Obama sighs and goes on with his explanation. I recruit people with the promise of a job. They all accept it, of course. They're working for Obama, after all. 
I hold them captive in my house. They work for me day and night, making sure I become the most successful politician in the world. I shall conquer the earth one day. Oh, my God. Danny takes this all in. Obama, why would you choose Curtis to be recruited? I genuinely like his videos. I think he would be very productive. Obama's, okay, well, thank you. Wow, thank you. Thank you, Obama. If I ever meet Obama, I'm going to have to bring this up. Because... Like, remember when you, remember when you said this to me? He's like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" This is a f- <laughs> like the fan fiction, you know. Remember? Um. Okay, I. <laughs> I knew something was fishy all along. A commentary YouTuber randomly recruited by a former president. It's just also obvious that you're up to something. Too bad people are easily blinded by your fame. Danny replies, shaking his head. Obama goes to speak, but before he can, Danny dash out of the office door. Hey, come back here! Obama yells, chasing Danny. Danny runs down the hallway, finally stopping at the grand entrance. Curtis! He yells. Curtis doesn't respond back. Obama is rushing down the stairs. Danny runs into the living room and then into a large, lavish bathroom. He locks the door. Danny sits down and breathes heavily from exhaustion. He hears Obama's footsteps outside the door. I know you're in there. It's too late anyways. I've already captured Curtis. and I'll capture you too. Holy shit. Chapter 5, Behind the Locked Door. Out of nowhere, two henchmen dressed in black suits and sunglasses accompany Obama. They had Danny cornered now. Grab him! Obama commanded the henchmen. They walked forward and grabbed Danny by the arms and lifted him off the ground with little effort. Uh, let me go, he yelled, flailing his arms and attempting to kick the henchmen. Sorry. Let me go! They simply ignored his shouts and gripped his arms even tighter. Obama beckoned the men to follow him. After walking through a few rooms, they finally arrived at a large, warm, lit dining room. Fucking lit, dude. Obama opened a door and the men walked forward. They descended wooden stairs and reached a concrete floor. Danny looked around. There were about a dozen or more distressed-looking men and women, all typing frantically at computers. Two more henchmen were guarding the door with guns in their holsters. The room was dimly lit with worn-down-looking metal tables and chairs. The walls were supported only by wood, and overall looked like an unfinished basement turned into an office. To the right of the workspace was two long metal tables put together. The tables had plates and cups set on them, and Danny assumed that's where the workers ate. He looked around once more and saw Curtis, already typing away at a computer, tied to a chair by his ankles. Curtis! Danny yelled. Curtis glances at him, then turns back and shakes his head. Curtis, I'll save you! Obama laughs. Silly, silly boy. There is no escaping my clutch. You have proven uncooperative. I will send you to Trump. Uh, what? Trump? I would rather work for you. Please spare me. No, no, no. You don't understand. You shall be my spy. What? I still don't want to be around Trump. That foul, foul creature. Just let me have a desk job like Curtis. Danny pleaded. Obama looks at the guards holding Danny. Obama nods. The henchmen nod back. Their grip on Dan tenses. That's so funny that they used Dan once. (laughs) That's so funny, man. Said Danny for the whole story. One time they say Dan and then that's it. (laughs) I don't want to put NY at the end. All right, their grip on Dan tenses. Fuck, that's so funny, dude. Um, 
Okay. Uh, they start walking across the bear, the bear room. Danny tried to peer over the bulking, the hulking bodies of the henchmen and look at the computer screens, but he couldn't see anything past them. The henchmen stop in front of a door. The door has several locks and bolts. One of the henchmen takes a key out of his pocket and puts it in a lock. The other man takes another key out of his pocket and puts it in the lock below. They take out several more keys and unlock the rest of the locks. Hold him while I open the door, will you? One of the henchmen says. He walks forward towards the doorknob. Danny is teeming with curiosity as to what's behind the door. Piles of cash? A secret lair? A complex computer system? A torture chamber? Everything seemed to be in slow motion to Dan. Okay, here we go. We got the... I, th- I guess Danny is Dan from now on. Uh, the henchman's hand was reaching, reaching, grabbing the knob. It was turning, turning, and then he heard a click. It was time to face whatever was behind the door. The man opened it. Whoa. Inside was a black suit in a case. Okay, a tiny golden pistol sat beside it in another glass case. The golden pistol shined and sparkled like a diamond. The suit was so crisp and sharp and professional looking. Danny wondered why he was being taken in here. Before he could wonder anymore, he feels a tap on his shoulder. The henchman guard drops him on his feet. Dan turns around and sees Obama. Impressive, I know. You have the wonderful opportunity of getting to wear my special suit and to use my golden pistol. (laughs) Why would I wear this? Why are you making me do? Danny asks. Obama smiles. You'll be assassinating Trump for me. Whoa, this took a turn, man. This is not what I was expecting at all. Okay, part six, the man for the job. Assassinating what? Danny cried out. Obama chortles. (laughs) Yes, yes. Assassinating the Cheeto man. From the start, I knew I could have a special job for you, Danny boy. Danny held his head in his hands. He paced the room, finally coming to a stop in front of Barack. Okay, it's the... Also, first time they've used his first name. (laughs) You can't be serious. I am stone cold serious. You were made for this. You've got this wit and charm and loyalty to Curtis. You know when something is going to go wrong. You go with your gut. I admire you so much, Dan. I know you are the man for the job. Barack Obama walks over to the glass case holding the suit. He presses his fingerprint to a screen next to the case and a glass door opens. Go on over and try this suit. I want to make sure it fits exactly as needed. Obama and the henchmen step out of the room to let Danny change. That's, yeah, that's very nice of them, actually. For someone who's like kidnapping them, it's very polite. Uh, you know, privacy is a top priority. Um, Come in. Barack walks in. He whispers something to the henchmen, and they leave the room. Does it fit? Obama asks. Yes, perfectly. How, how did you know what size to make the suit? I know everything about you. I've watched your vines and your videos, every one of them. Obama beams at Danny. And it's not too hard to find everything on the internet, Barack winks. He walks over to the other glass case with the golden gun. He unlocks the case with his fingerprint. Pulling a latex glove from his pocket, he puts it on his right hand and removes the gun from its home. Obama holds it up to the light, admiring the sparkling surface. He turns around and hands it to Danny. Perfectly perfect, untouched, preserved. The golden gun, my prized possession, now yours. Take care of it. I'll get you a briefcase to put it in. Brock turns back around and gets out a black case from behind the glass stand. He hands it to Danny. Dan slips the gun into the case and clicks it shut. We will, of course, do some target practice. You're a talented young man, but you're only a YouTuber. I'm not expecting you to have perfect aim, but the day has come to an end and you will need rest. I will lead you to a bedroom. Obama and Danny walk out the room, but Danny hesitates. 
want to see Curtis. I will let you talk to him. You have been good today. Danny walks out of the room and sees Curtis working. He can't wait to talk to him. Man, this is fucking gnarly. Uh, okay, chapter seven. LaCroix filled mini fridge. Um, yeah, I don't think we'll have time for advice. This is a long story. Danny walks over to the desk Curtis is working at. He is typing away, not even noticing that Danny is standing beside him. Beside him, Curtis, Danny exclaims. This gets his attention, and he turns to the left, seeing his friend looking excited and joyful. Oh, Danny, hi, hey, uh, I'm sorry. I just, I feel like we're being watched. This is kind of awkward, you know? Danny looks behind and sees the guard by the door he just came out of and two guards by the door, looking as solemn as ever. He looks back at Curtis and shrugs. I mean, I doubt they can hear us. No, you don't understand. Curtis looks down at his keyboard and back up at Danny. I'm not talking about the guards. I think there's recording devices practically everywhere. They're in the computers. And we probably have them attached to us or something. I need to speak to you in private. We got to get out of here. I mean, uh, never mind. Well, anyways, the reason I came here to talk to you is because I'm going on a mission to assassinate Trump. And if I never come back, tell my mother I'm sorry. I think I'll make it out alive, but it's a risky thing. And I don't know why Obama chose me to do it, but it's my mission. Curtis stands up and hugs Danny. I'm going to try to escape. Don't try to stop me. I'm miserable here. I want to be a YouTuber again. I need to give my extra greeting to the citizens of Curtistown. Danny pulls back and nods, giving a final pat to his friend's shoulder. He walks back to the entrance to the secret room with Obama standing beside the doorway. I say goodbye to him. I know you will miss your friend dearly, but you will see him again. Now, to your bedroom. My wife was in charge of decor, and I think it looks lovely. Danny followed Obama out of the room and up to the second level of the house. Danny agreed with Obama in his head that Michelle decorated the house wonderfully. The hallway was a pale gray with various pictures framed of the Obama family. Danny began to see Barack as more of a family man than less of a boss as he passed by the photos. Brock opened one of the many doors in the hallway. Inside was a large bedroom with cream white walls and a sage green accent wall. The bed had soft throw pillows and the fuzziest blanket Danny had ever felt. And the star of it all, a mini fridge with the, all the LaCroix flavors. I hope you like that, Obama commented with a smile. I love it, thank you. Now I need to know, when does my mission start? Well, you need to have a little bit of target practice. So in two weeks, we'll deploy you for the mission. I will go over the details with you later on. But you need to get a good night's sleep. See you in the morning, Danny. Chapter 8. Training. Um, I don't know how many chapters this is. Okay, there's nine chapters. So we're almost done. Fuck, okay. Heavy pounding on the door woke Danny. Hello, he said groggily. A guard entered the room. Get up, you have training today, the guard... Okay, get up, you have training today. The guard then exited. Danny laid his head back down on the pillow. He wasn't used to getting up so early. The sun peeked through the blinds and casted a golden glow on the bed. Just as Danny was about to fall back to sleep, the guard entered again. I figured this would happen. I'm not reminding you again. Get up. The guard yanked the blanket and sheets off him, leaving Dan shivering and forced to get up. Did you really have to do that? He complained. The guard rolled his eyes and walked out the door. Danny's excited for the day. He wondered what the training would have in store for them. Danny Gonzalez to the foyer. I have a little surprise for you. Obama's voice boomed, boomed from downstairs. He left his room and went down the hallway. Danny looked down from the star railings and saw Obama holding a small container. What's in the box? He asked. Once he made his descent to the floor Obama was on, 
Barack smiled and opened the container. Inside was a chocolate chip muffin. Um, a muffin? Oh. Danny couldn't help feeling a, a bit disappointed since all of Obama's gifts had been very extravagant. Despite this, he still managed to give him a weak smile. Well, thank you. He took the muffin and bit into it. Dan stood there in a bit of a shock. This tastes absolutely heavenly. Who made this? He took another bite into the muffin. Well, then I'll tell Michelle you liked it. Once Danny was finished with the muffin, the former president led him outside. The backyard was huge and was separated by two main parts. The first part was for recreational use. It had a pool, patio, and a well-kept garden. The second part had a large expanse of green grass, and it looked like an obstacle course was set up. There were monkey bars, a wooden climbing wall, ropes, and the last section had targets set up. This will be the area you train in. I want to test your strength, your skill, and your agility. Now, I'm no fitness expert, but Michelle is. So she'll be training you. Obama looked over Danny's shoulder, and Danny turned around to see Michelle, wearing a tracksuit and a whistle around her neck. She greeted Danny with a smile. Man, this was this did not end up where I thought it was going to end up. So Obama's recruiting YouTubers to... So he has, like, a bunch of people prisoner... He's forcing Danny to kill Trump. Um, okay, this is Michelle now. Thanks, honey. All right, are you ready to get pumped up? Michelle exclaimed. Danny felt enthusiasm course through his veins. Yes, I am. Nicki Minaj's super bass begins playing. Okay. <laughs> Ten laps around the yard, go. And with a click of a timer, Dan runs off. He went for the occasional run now and then, but he wasn't used to being timed. Despite this, he wanted to impress Michelle and prove his worth. Around five laps in, he started feeling exhausted. There was a stitch at his side, but Danny pushed through it. Michelle noticed his visible exhaustion and decided it was time for some words of motivation. Come on, you can do this. Danny was on his last lap, giving one final spurt of speed. He dashed to where Michelle was standing. Eight minutes and 35 seconds, not bad. Danny stood in front of Michelle, bent over, trying to catch his breath. Michelle gave him a pat on the shoulder. You have to do the obstacle course next. Dan walked over to the start of the course. He would have to do the monkey bars first. Easy enough, right? He thought. All right, when I blow this whistle, you'll start. Once you get done with the monkey bars, you move on to the next obstacle. No breaks in between. Do your best. You got this, Michelle said, holding the whistle. On your marks, get set. Danny got into a running position. And go! Michelle's whistle blew, and he climbed up the ladder. He fixed two hands on the bar in front of him and dropped down from the platform, dangling in the air. Danny swung forward, gripping the other bar. Struggling, he swung forward again. He felt himself slipping from the bar and quickly kept swinging forward. He was almost there. Reaching forward for the last bar, he swung his body to it. And once he reached it, he hopped down onto the platform. Remember, no pausing, Michelle reminded him. Danny ran through the orange cones lined up in front of him. He then stepped through tires and did 20 jumping jacks. He felt like he was back in elementary school gym class. Finishing off, he climbed a ladder to a platform in a tree. He would have to swing on a rope to the other side. Taking the rough rope in his hands, Danny backed up to the very edge of the platform. Then he began running and jumped. He swung through the air, feeling relief of the cool wind on his face. The next platform was so close. His feet touched the tip of the wooden platform. Danny jumped. He fell. Uh-oh. All right, this is the last one, I guess. Chapter 9, Get Wheezed. Um, Curtis was miserable. He was chained up to the desk by his ankles. 
the handcuffs digging into his skin, leaving red marks. Curtis had to spend all day researching what Trump was doing. He wondered what Danny was doing. Why did he get to go on special missions while Curtis was stuck at a desk sitting at a computer every single day? Exactly. Curtis was supposed to upload a video yesterday. Maybe his fans would know something is wrong. The other people down in the basement looked depressed, with bags under their eyes and horrible posture. Well, it just sounds like me anyway. They never talked to each other. Curtis guessed that they weren't allowed to. The basement was silent, aside from the clicking of keyboards. But all of a sudden, Curtis heard something. It was faint, but it got louder. Was it a song? What's with these homies dissing my girl? Was someone singing? Curtis looked behind him. Other people had also heard the music and were looking around. Pay attention to your work, one of the security guards shouted. Everyone turned back around, but the song got louder. Uh, why do they got a front? What do we ever do to these guys that made them so violent? Curtis knew he heard those lyrics before, but he couldn't remember the name of the song. But you know I'm yours. Ooh, ooh, and I know you're mine. Ooh, ooh, and that's all. And that's for all of time. People started getting distracted again. Even the security guard was trying to figure out who it was. Ooh, wee, you, I look just like Buddy Holly. Oh, and you're Mary Tyler Moore. I don't care what they say about us anyway. I don't care about that. Curtis finally figured it out. It was Buddy Holly by Weezer. But where is it playing from? He looked to the side, then he looked up on the ceiling. There was an intercom, and the song was playing from it. Why is Obama playing Weezer? Uh, hello, workers. I'm just letting you know that Buddy Holly by Weezer is the new alarm to signal that it's lunchtime. Obama's voice boomed over the intercom. Curtis always looked forward to lunch. He got a break from working, and he got to be unchained from the desk. Everyone lined up to go to the lunch tables and at the other end of the, at the, other end, of the basement. Once the security guards made sure everyone was seated, you were allowed to eat. The tables already had food and silverware on them. Today's lunch was flavorless iceberg lettuce salad, a ham and cheese sandwich, and a apple. It wasn't fine dining, but it was edible. During lunch, people whispered to each other. Curtis wondered if they talked about him, since he's the newcomer. He hadn't made an attempt to socialize with anyone yet. Curtis decided to talk to someone. A 30-something-year-old woman was sitting next to him, picking at her salad. Hey, what's your name? The woman stopped eating and stared. Maybe asking about names wasn't allowed around here? The salad's pretty flavorless. <laughs> Curtis laughed awkwardly in an attempt to make her feel more comfortable. The attempt did not work. The woman moved her chair away from Curtis. Uh, it's probably because I didn't shower, right? Taking that as a cue to give up, he went back to eating his salad. Hey, you're Curtis Connor, right? Guess who it is? It's me, John Mulaney. <laughs> what? John Mulaney? Curtis turned around and saw smiling John sitting at the table behind him. Yeah, now I'm working for Obama. I can't believe it. John shrugged and gave a half smile. I've been here for about a week and a half. I'm here to entertain Obama. Then why are you down here eating in the basement? Even I, comedy legend John Edmund Mulaney, do not get to eat lunch upstairs. Curtis thought it was very cruel of Obama to not let John eat upstairs. To be honest, John, I want to get out of here, Curtis said in a whisper. Me too. I don't know how, though. Those security guards are pretty tough guys. It seems like everyone here gave up on getting out. But look, they're all depressed. Curtis agreed. He hadn't found a way to escape yet. He hoped that Danny would come and rescue him soon. Look, it's me and you, Curtis. We're in this together now. I've got to get out there to make my comedy special. Obama messed up my by luring me into working for him. People are going to get suspicious of my disappearance. Same here. I'm not a celebrity like you, but I have 3 million subscribers on YouTube. Curtis Allen will notice that I'm gone. 
Let's talk at lunch tomorrow about an escape plan. Yeah, sure. Oh, by the way, my friend Danny is here too, but he's on some special mission. John shook his head and frowned. Being here, it changes people. He's going to forget about you, Curtis. Curtis was taken back, taken aback. He wasn't expecting such serious words out of a comedian. I doubt it. Me and Danny are good friends. He won't forget about me, Curtis replies, but inside he wonders if it's true that Danny would abandon him. Get up, everyone. Lunchtime is over, the security guards announce. John and Curtis get up. We'll get out of here one day, John says. Bye, Curtis. Bye. This is it, dude. To be continued. Oh, no. It's a cliffhanger, guys. Fuck. All right. Whoever is the author of this story, this is your sign. You have to finish it, okay? You have to wrap this story up. Okay. So we can finish this. People need to know the ending. I need to know the ending. <laughs> um, okay, well, I was going to do advice, but we're already like fucking 50 minutes. So um, review. That was one of the best fan fictions I've read of myself. I've read maybe like four. That was the best one so far. Writing was great. Story is amazing. I'm, it's going in all so many different ways. Um, and guys, we need to leave a comment for this person to please finish the story. All right. And maybe we'll, we'll do this. Like maybe this will be a new thing we can do on the podcast. You know, every, every couple of months we'll read a new fan fiction or something. Who knows? Cause this is fun. Um, all right. Well, I hope that was enjoyable. I think we're going to wrap it up now. Um, if you guys want to check out the Patreon for the bonus episode this week, I'm going to read another fan fiction. And this one is called Homeless Tahati, a Curtis Connor story. So, yeah, if you want to go check out that, patreon.com slash very, really good. It's the best way to support the podcast if you if you like it, if you enjoy it. You get bonus episodes every week. Um, and those bonus episodes are more chill, you know. If, if this is the... If my main channel... <laughs> is a wave pool and this podcast is a lazy river the patreon the patreon episodes are i i don't i don't even know it's it's like a you know those like sensory sense sensory deprecate is that what it's called sensory deprivation tank that's what the patreon episodes are it's just motionless you know you don't you don't feel anything it's great um, but yeah, that was episode 157. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Let me know if you liked it. Maybe we'll do some more fan fishes in the future. Um, but yeah, if you're the author, finish it, please. We need to know. Um, but yeah. Thanks for listening. Hope you guys enjoyed. Hope you guys have a good week. And, um, yeah, I'll, uh, I will see you guys next week. Peace.